Welcome to the Water in Real Life podcast. We are the H2 Duo. This is Greg Wukash from the San Antonio Water System. Hey, need a brain explosion today? Hang on as you're about to be blown away listening to Water in Real Life with the H2 Duo. We're dedicated to sharing stories that demonstrate how communication and collaboration move things forward. If you want to overcome your challenges, then you have to build relationships. Each week, we bring you an inspiring person or resource to give you the tools to curate connections with your customers that create impact. When you travel and you go to a place like that, I mean, you realize real quickly that, that water is just one of those things that you have to really appreciate. Today on episode five, we chat with Ryan Beltran, another one of our Catalyst speakers. At Catalyst, Ryan will be teaching us the tricks of the trade for using film to tell water's story. Today, he shares with us how water infiltrated his life, pun intended, and his role as a mentor in the San Antonio Water Systems High School program, Impact. He heads up the open source technology learning strand in Impact, and he is teaching the next generation of water nerds about electrocoagulation, maker spaces, and more. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Ryan Beltran, founder of Alequa and the Make Water Program, is an award-winning filmmaker and innovator with unique experience connecting DIY water technology, student collaborators, and creative storytelling. His early film experience included interning for Oscar-winning director Michael Gondry on productions with Kanye West, The White Stripes, Conan O'Brien, Daft Punk, and more. Over the years, Ryan has taken his ideas to the White House Water Summit, Flint, Michigan, and impoverished communities in Columbia. So thanks for being with us, Ryan. Yeah, thank you. Hey, thank you all. I love what y'all are doing. I love this podcast. Thank you. Our mentor is Greg Wukash at the San Antonio Water System, and they have this incredible high school education program called Impact. So we went down to San Antonio to check that out, and while we were there, we met Ryan, who was the leader, I guess, of one of the the learning strands that they have projects in. And um, we, his story was amazing. And I love that he came from a background that is not, I mean, that was not water. And now is kind of just leading this charge to um, change the world. Change the world. So, like, Ryan, why don't you tell us a little bit about Alequa and kind of how that story came? I'm thinking of the video that we saw that you, I believe, was part of the um, Water Texas Films submission. You won an award for that one, correct? Yeah, we won the first year uh, of the Water Texas uh, Film Contest in Austin. Um, Yeah, so I have a background in film. My father has always been in uh, industrial maintenance supply, and a lot of that sort of overlaps with water. And he came across this electrocoagulation technology, He knew that I like, uh, you know, tech uh, and innovation, even though I like filmmaking. I like gadgets and stuff like that. So he was like, you should really check this out. And that sort of just sparked this whole change in my life after that because I usually tend to live my life in a way where, like, if I see a story that I'd like to be a part of, like, I feel like that's how I like to live my life in, in just a montage of stories and I felt like this was a powerful story that could, that I could be a part of or share and uh, 
and this uh, this sort of innovation just led me on this this uh, long track of of uh, first we were a startup. Uh, it didn't really work well in the startup sort of field, um, but once we got this idea of let's just be open about it, share it, focus more on education. Um, and uh, open source, like it just really flew from there. And, and uh, that's kind of quite a summary to a, a lot <laughs> happened between there, but that's sort of how, how it began. And here we are, you know, working with students and schools and educators. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Can, when you kind of mentioned the open source technology, can you explain a little bit more and go into more detail of what that is and... Yeah, so what we do is we have these kits that uh, do a process called electrocoagulation, which can coagulate particulates in water, uh, a lot of different types of particulates. And it's basically electrolysis. It's running a current through it. Uh, You tend to also see this in air filters. There's certain air filters that have, uh, like, uh, it deionizes the water, so it uses, Mm -hmm. like, an electric current to sort of, pull together particles in the water or in the air to filter it or clean it. Um, same thing happens in water. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I saw though, is that there's just so many types of water. Uh, there was, um, so much still unknown about what it could be, you know, what could be done with it. Uh, so what we decided to do is, is make everything that we work on open. And so that's what open source is, is everything you do, you shared the designs, the data, you try to make it so that anybody who wants to participate can build it themselves. Um, and that's, that's sort of the mentality that we have. And uh, we learned it actually from a place, uh, Makerspace in San Antonio. And Makerspaces are very DIY spaces that have workshops and tools that anybody in the community can use. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we make these kits that uh, can do that process. They use Arduinos, which are little microcontrollers, which uh, students use in robotics competitions. Uh, um, they can be coded uh, with simple code to do something, or uh, up to very, you know, very uh, difficult code. But we use a simple code to make this process happen, and we share it with students. And we don't have a very, uh, we don't, we sort of have this open-ended approach that we share what we have, we show them how to use it. And we sort of let them, let them go with it and find a challenge that inspires them to sort of tackle and learn more about the process and even add to the process. So mm-hmm. they can learn about coding, they can learn about 3D printing, they can learn about water uh, as they're actually helping develop and innovate something. So we see all these different sides of this as benefiting the student, benefiting potentially, you know, water purification technology in the future. Yeah. Uh, and so we're just letting it grow with the community. Yeah. So um, I, th- I think that's the first time that I've heard that your dad is the one who introduced you to open source technology. That's that's, that's awesome. pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, he, he, he introduced me to the process and uh-huh. I was introduced to open source uh, years later when I came across a makerspace. So yeah. and the okay, maker okay. movement and so really awesome. the makerspace 10 bit works mm-hmm. uh, which just changed their name to Republic of Makers here in San Antonio. Cool. Um, they're great. And if you don't know what a makerspace is, do yourself a favor, look it up and there's probably one near near you. Yeah. Um, you can go visit it and see what they like. 
So the video that you submitted for the uh, Water Texas film competition, um, I love that video, and I think everybody should go check that out. Where does that live permanently that people can go check that out? Could kind of tell us a little bit of your backstory more. Well, thanks. Uh, that You can find that on uh, both my uh, personal YouTube, just Ryan Beltran uh, YouTube page, but also our Make Water YouTube page. Um, it's, it was sort of all this stuff building up inside me sort of that I could never really, uh, you know, explain very well was just, I had to get in front of a computer and edit it all into a video. Cause sometimes <laughs> I feel like I'm not the greatest public speaker or the greatest, you know, uh, uh, person at explaining things. But when I have a video and I can really like work on it, I feel like I can do it a lot more justice. So it, it was sort of this way of explaining all that I felt and all that I'd like to do with this program. Um, and I put it all into video. And this was sort of years ago. And it was also a way of making a call to action so people can, could participate. Um, and also a way to sort of uh, kick off um, sort of this video series that, that we haven't quite launched yet, but we've done so much just filming from Columbia to uh, Flint, Michigan, to uh, we went to the White House Water Summit, um, and and we hope to to launch that video series uh, in the near future. Mm-hmm. So is it? Um, so the footage from that video that was from Columbia. I mean, obviously not all of it, but in the the footage from where you're clearly not in America, <laughs> that was in Columbia. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of mixed uh, mixed. Uh, sort of video clips that I took from my past. And some of it was before I even did Alequa. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, some of it's from Colombia. Some of it, uh, I went to Thailand years ago and um, Europe and there's some things in there. Awesome. So was so would you say that kind of seeing water, I mean, for here in the U.S., it's so easy to take water for granted because, you know, we... Uh, turn on a faucet and water comes out or we flush a toilet and suddenly, you know, sanitation, it's, we don't... Magically disappears. Yeah. But, so would you say that those travelings and kind of seeing um, what it's like for those who don't have it that easily, like, would you say that that's kind of what inspired this love for water? I mean, I guess, like, what was your, do you have, like, a water aha moment where you're like, wow, this is, I I can dig this, this is what I want to do? You know, I don't know if I had an, I think the aha moment was learning about the process of electric coagulation, but I think it was this um, sort of culmination because uh, my dad's from Mexico, and I remember going to visit family in Saltillo, Coahuila, which is, like, north central, and it's sort of high up in the desert, and it's like desert mountainous area. Um, and they always had to uh, conserve water just out of need because they only had mm-hmm. X amount of water come in every week, and they all have wow. these tanks on top of their houses. It was one of those things that I just like, oh, that's how it's done here. Mm-hmm. And even then, it didn't hit me, but it was like, wow, like you know, everybody has to has to really conserve here, not just. Uh, because the city is saying so, it's because you're just not going to have water if you <laughs> if you use it all. Um, but then it, it carried over, you know, when I did go to places like Columbia, I went with uh, Angel State over there. Um, and this, this is one of the episodes that I really grappled with because 
I was excited to be there, but we went to these really, really poor neighborhoods where they were just trying to build their own water uh, system themselves. Uh, they even built it wrong because they thought it was built a certain way. And I was there filming and interviewing, and I had I want it to come across in the film or the the episode that that I had this sort of conflict of being excited to be there, excited to tell the story, but also like, hey, I'm just this dude from America (laughs) here with camera equipment, and these people are, like, needing water, uh, like, yesterday. Um, But they're also just inspiring people. They're very happy. They were excited to have us there and work on it. Um, So, uh, I mean, there was no aha moment, but it was one of those things that definitely, you know, it all... When you travel and you go to a place like that, I mean, you realize much, real quickly that, that water is just one of those things that you have to really appreciate, for sure. So I know that um, you were also, again, involved in SAW's impact program. And I know, like, every year the students kind of take things a different direction because, like you said, you let them sort of go in the direction that they want to. Um, kind of a two-part question. Like, one... They get like a lot of water, water education, like during that process. But uh, number one, do you share like a kind of like your story and your background to kind of get their minds right in terms of like basically the impact that they could potentially have? And then what's kind of like where they end up this year? Um, what was there anything ex- ex- super exciting about where the students brought the open source technology from this point? Yeah, so at the very beginning, um, uh, they, you know, I, I keep in mind that most students and a lot of youth and just anybody that has access to, to the Internet, when they probably hear about, you know, conserving water, they probably just hear the same stuff over and over. Uh, so I try to not really focus on those things because I also don't want to hear the same thing over and over. We know that sure. there's, like, water issues around the world. So I, I feel like I start – I end up starting – the program, making sure maybe they see that that video that I made, mm-hmm. because again, that video is just sort of a way of me explaining it better right. um, in in, uh, in, uh, in one of my favorite sort of formats, which is film and storytelling. Um, so I start them off with that. I give them a sort of run through of how these kits work, um, and then I sort of just kind of leave it open ended and say, "Look, here are these kits. Let's." you know, let's hear from you what is what you find the most interest out of these kits. And through that, we sort of get different answers. And together, I sort of, you know, try to guide them, but sometimes they don't even need guidance into just picking a sort of challenge to take on. Um, so that's how it starts. And then sometimes kind of nerve-wracking, like the first year, I didn't hear much back from the students. <laughs> and they did some amazing things. So it was like a pleasant surprise when it all like turned out great at the end. Uh, and the same thing happened. Like I took, I took that, um, as something to expect the second year. And, uh, and so we had a little more communication the next year, but I knew to just keep calm and I knew the students were going to work on something. Um, if I just left them, uh, with a challenge, at least knowing that they had a challenge. And this year they did just, they, they just knocked it out of the park. They did awesome. some amazing things. Like uh, one did uh, a sensor, a TDS sensor, uh, with 
a laser and they 3D printed a new sort of stand for these kits. Um, They got the code from it. uh, And it was just really neat to see that. They're like, you know, I had them, you know, how did you get to where you made this, this, uh, this laser sensor? And they're like, oh, I just reached out to like a friend. I knew he, he liked coding and he knew a little wow. bit about 3D printing. And I just love to see that, that they're just like taking the initiative. They're doing it because they're having fun. Yeah. And they're excited and they can see some grow. Um, and uh, another team just really got together and focused on uh, testing uh, different water, like how it does with the water. Mm-hmm. Another team worked on how can we best collect the data that happens uh, when you run these kits, and then another another team did a different type of sensor with a uh, really inexpensive LED light and a light sensor. Wow. So basically, they're making these sensors that can be uh, made for about a dollar, really. Yeah. Um, wow. And and wow. so what we want to do is every time somebody innovates something for the kit, we want to include it next year, so it just keeps sort of. Uh, so next year, it's like that team can can take what the previous teams have done, and it just keeps growing and evolving. That's amazing. Um, so really exciting to see what they did this year. And also, this is the first year that we decided we were going to choose a winner, and a winner would get a 3D printer. Cool. Oh, wow. So we're really excited about that. <laughs> Because I think everybody wins. Like, a lot of schools don't have 3D printers. Yeah. That um, is amazing. And they get a 3D printer, and then they can, you know, actually work on new designs for the kit or just 3D print anything that maybe their, their classroom needs. So wow. we're really happy with uh, with how this is growing and where it ended up this year, and we look forward to next year. You know, for the amount of uh, criticism that the older generations sometimes gave to the younger generations, I can say that it's, I've heard more and more often stories of like what you're saying. And I can say with 100% certainty that when I was a teenager, I didn't have a friend that I could call up and ask about lasers or coding or 3D printing. So it's just. Our lasers were on a keychain. Yeah. We're not (laughs) at each other's eyes. So um, that's incredible. And if you are in San Antonio uh, ISD and you do not know about SAW's impact program, you should definitely call up the education um, division, division at SAWS and get your student involved with it because it's this is not just learn about water. This is they're, they're, they're learning some legit skills that can take them incredibly far in today's tech-based world. Um, so that's can incredible. Can I just add to that too? I yeah. Program, the program, Greg, and, it's, and especially Lynn, Chris, are yeah. just so amazing over there. Yes. Um, these programs, they have multiple options so teachers can you know depending on how much time they have available or the the size of their student group that wants to work on it they have you know from one hour programs and kits to uh challenges like with our kits that last about you know a couple months yeah and it's all paid for like all those parts are paid for and a lot of times the teachers can just you know help set it up with the student group and the student group can run with it and the teacher doesn't always have to you know, spend a lot of their time because we already know teachers have no money, so we're not asking them to pay for anything, and and time is valuable to the teachers too, so they don't sure. really have to even spend that much time too if they, you know, if they are a pretty busy uh, teacher, which most are. So it's yeah. set up really well. 
Agreed. Let's shift topics just a little bit. And um, I know you had mentioned that you are working on your own video series. And so mm-hmm. I just wanted to give you an opportunity to talk to us about what's going on with that and where what that's going to be about and where you see yourself doing with that. Over the years since I started Lequa, uh, I've been filming a lot of it. Uh, and actually, well, before that, I was a filmmaker. I lived in New York. Um, I worked with... <laughs> My hero uh, director, Michelle Gondry, who did Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind, and uh, a, a lot of music videos that just really inspired me. And so I always loved filmmaking and storytelling, and uh, so I, I kind of bring that into a lot of what I do. And the series, uh, this Make Water series, right now we have a lot of, uh, a lot of episodes sort of filmed and set up. They're just not produced yet, uh, but we're working at uh, getting sort of a, a schedule to be able to produce those and then actually launch those. So the idea sort of with how we we want it to, to play out is we want parts of the video series to tell the story of Alequa, myself, the people that we work with the students, uh, but then we want little segments here and there where we do tutorials or users and students can submit their own video content that we can kind of share. Um, so yeah, so it's something where it can, there can be sort of an over, uh, overarching like story, uh, but then little segments too. And of That's course, sort of you know, the H2 Duo hopes to be one of the little segments one of these days. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like we, we want to work with more uh, water-related content creators such as, as yourselves uh, so that we can kind of work together to create content for each other's, uh, you know, programs and, uh, you know, strength in numbers, you know. Absolutely. We are all about just building that tribe and making those connections yeah. and collaborating and working together. Our own sort of um, soft skill version of uh, open source technology, because <laughs> we're definitely not electrocoagulating anything, but we are creating that content. Um, so, staying on the topic of film, uh, tell us some more about this Water Texas Films. Um, WaterTexasFilms.org is the website. Um, give us a little background on that and your um, involvement with it. Yeah, so that's run by. Uh the Texas Water Foundation, and uh, they, you know, just like myself, they see the power in storytelling, and they thought, you know, creating this contest every year, uh, they can get people involved in not only, you know, learning and watching stories, or they can actually, they can actually create stories and share those. Um, so that really, uh, really is in my ballpark, like what I love to do too. So I, I applied the first year and uh, I won and that was really exciting. Um, but then the next year they're like, you know, you should apply again. And I'm like, well, actually I want to see if I can help you guys and see if <laughs> I can help bring others to, to have other people create videos themselves. I, I felt like I could help a lot in that way. So um, this is going to be the, uh, what is it? The third year coming up and uh, we're trying to grow it every year. And one of the most exciting things, too, that I didn't mention is uh, Richard Linklater um, is an amazing director, if you haven't heard of him. And he is the judge. Uh, he judges the final uh, videos to see who wins. So it's also very exciting to have your 
uh, film shown to an Oscar-nominated director. Uh, so Yes, because yeah. he's the director of the film A Boy's Life, correct? Uh Boyhood. 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 Yes. Knew there was yes. boy in there. Yeah, that <laughs> was... Uh... He's done quite a few, and Days and Confused, and yeah. yes. did uh, all the Before Sunrise, After Sunset, Scanner Darkly. I mean, he's just got a ton. He did, oh, a School of Rock. He did that one, too. Oh, nice. Um, nice. Yes, it, that is, uh, that's amazing to have his connection to that. Um in water, like that's yeah. You know, sometimes when we tell people what we do and what we're trying to do, they kind of look at us a little crazy. But we're like, nope, actually, water's really cool already. You just, you know, yeah. don't know about it yet. So yeah. whole point of what we're doing because we gotta we gotta tell this story. It's too cool. <laughs> but There's um, so much that you can do with water. Yeah. There is, and it's connected to everything. Um, so we're gonna wrap up by asking you a few questions. So what would you, is there a book that you can recommend or like a resource that you couldn't live without? <laughs> Let's see. I it's, I do a lot of audiobooks, but I have to say I also do a lot of podcasts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that works. Do a podcast. <laughs> and I would definitely say, you know, listen to the H2 Duo. Um, as, <laughs> Naturally. As it grows. Uh, some of the podcasts that I really like are Reply All. Okay. And uh, basically anything by this this group, Gimlet Media, and they had a first one. Uh, their first podcast was called Startup, and it's pretty meta where they actually are recording about themselves starting Gimlet and the podcast company that they are now, you know? And, Sweet. And uh, it's just really, it, it was a great story to follow, especially somebody who wants to tell a story about what they're doing and, and how they're growing. So... Uh, I would suggest anything by Gimlet Media on uh, as a podcast as opposed to a book. Sorry, I don't. No, that's all good. Yeah, I mean, that's good. Ari- I I read the books because I'm the nerd with the highlighter, and Ariane <laughs> listens to them in the car during the her commute. But I actually yeah. did listen to that one that you had recommended, and um, I liked that their initial idea was about uh, making making things that were boring not boring and so i thought that that was like oh yay that was that was kind of like along the same lines of what we were doing too just to add to that start uh start from episode one of startup because uh it's just really fascinating how it grows the very first episode he's pitching to chris saka of twitter and he blows it, and he's, <laughs> nice. he does a very horrible pitch. <laughs> wow! Um, but uh, they actually—he's actually nice and kind of explains why he didn't do it well, and uh, it kind of goes from there. Like, has ups and downs, and you don't—I mean, now you know they made it, but at the time when it was coming out, I was like, "Is this? Are they really going to end up, you know, working or making it?" It's yeah, it's a great. It's a great story. I've found that I've learned a lot more from people's failures than from their successes because it also Absolutely. humanizes it too. <laughs> I think there there should be more, uh, maybe I'm just not looking for it, but either books or podcasts on just people's failures and people embrace yeah. it because, you know, you learn so, they, there's so much uh, out there about success stories and even they are, you know, most success stories will say, you know, work hard, do this and that. But there's a lot of people that work really hard and then just they they hit walls, you know. They, they, there's some failures out there that that they can 
if they express what happened to them, it kind of can damper the idea of what failure is because they're sharing to other people what not to do. Exactly. And, and, and trying to save, uh, they can, you can turn a failure or a failed idea or action into a good thing by sharing it and stopping other people from hitting the same uh, sort of thing. And I actually tell that to the students that I work with. I say, you know, if something doesn't work out, consider yourself, consider it a really good thing that you just, you know, actually uh, document what didn't work and share it instead of shying mm-hmm. away from it. Uh, because in this culture of just making sure everything works and sharing the good stuff but not the bad stuff just leads, you know, in circles and in bubbles. People get into bubbles and stuff. So, exactly. so yeah, failure is a good thing. Everybody can learn from it and move on. What a great lesson to teach a bunch of high school kids every year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, that's amazing. We totally believe in... Uh, the importance and value of a routine. In fact, in terms of on this idea of failure, we we fail regularly on staying on routine often. And so it's a daily struggle to make sure that um, we keep that routine going because it really helps us to drive our productivity. Is there something that you do every single day in relation to kind of a routine that helps you stay productive? Yeah, so one thing that I can share is that, and this is kind of recent, um, I always take notes, but what would happen is I'd have just a bunch of notebooks that I never <laughs> come back to, yep. just stack up. And I recently found this uh, reusable notebook called Rocketbook, mm-hmm. uh, or it's actually called Everlast, and it's by a company called Rocketbook. And it's like you, you write in these with a, a certain kind of pen that Pilot makes, and... Uh, it's it's washable, kind of like a you know whiteboard. Um, what? But what it also has is it has these. Uh, it has an app, so you can take a picture of each page and you can assign it to be a certain category. Okay. Um, and it's just really <laughs> great to be able to uh, keep your notes organized. And so what I do is I use this book uh, every day. I use this book, but I have sort of at the front. I have like a to do for for that day or that week and I just sort of routinely uh that's part of my routine is using this book so that's, that's something I would awesome recommend. wow thank you, you for that you just blew our minds they're gonna get an increase in sales today first yeah, sponsor I'm about to go buy one nice all right and is there um a favorite quote that gets you fired up oh yeah so one of my favorite quotes of all time, and and it's pertinent to water, uh, which is awesome, but it's, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up the men and women to gather wood. Divide the work and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. And uh, supposedly that is by uh, Anton St. Exuperty. I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Um, we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I looked it up uh, to see, you know, if he actually did it. And some some uh, some places say that he might not have been the origin of that quote. But it's such a good quote. You know, it's yeah. more it about good. inspiring to do something instead of just giving out orders. Sure. And, and it's like, why do you want to, to force somebody to do something that they're just not that into? You know, like mm-hmm. uh, it. it I'm, I live my life in a way that it's, you know, I want people to be happy with what they're doing. And if, 
And if it's not up their alley, the, the type of work that I'm working on, then that's, that's fine. I'm not going to make anything happen. But uh, if what I'm doing and how I tell the story about it can really inspire, then I feel like that goes a long way. Agreed. Um, so in our experience, we've seen how something as simple as water can be a catalyst for change and can bring people together, hence the name of our podcast, Water in Real Life. Um, but oftentimes I think that people don't change or their excuse or cop out is that, well, I, I don't need to change because I don't think one person changing is really going to make an impact. So we disagree with that 100% because <laughs> we believe that change um, can actually be contagious. So what's the call to action that you're most passionate about? And what like simple change do you believe one person can make that can ultimately change the world? Well, it's very subtle, but also very big. And I think something that anybody can do at any moment is, is their attitude, you know, is, is their attitude on how they, you know, interact with other people. And your attitude depends a lot on, it's sort of a domino effect. Everything that you do and how you interact with people sort of ripples out um, into into that community. So if you have a good attitude, if you're patient, if you you know uh, uh, are you know listen to people and and just basically share this sort of better attitude, uh, even if it's just a little bit, uh, I think that reflects off other people, and other people might you know feel that and also have a slightly better attitude as well. So I think having a good attitude can really uh, go far. That's awesome. Love that ripple metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Um, we definitely want to be sure to um, to follow your journey. And um, how, what's the best platform for people to connect with you? Um, I would say check out uh, makewater.org. Uh, and from there, you can go to our YouTube and our Instagram. That's kind of where we're more active. And we'll be more active in the, in the following years. Or the Perfect. Years Very cool. Thank you all so much. And I know that you're also on, um, like, Twitter and LinkedIn and all that, too. So there's definitely an opportunity to follow you on those avenues as well. Um, but Ryan is actually going to be speaking at Catalyst, which is our Mastermind Summit in San Antonio from June 21st and June 22nd. Rogue Water partnered with Saws, TAWWA, and Wheat to put together this incredible collection of professionals who are going to lend us their time, talent, and passion to water educators and communicators across the state that we believe are going to take the water industry to the next level. So if you want to take part in Catalyst, you can go to roguewatergroup.com backslash Catalyst, and that's where you can get more information as well as register for it. Um, we're kicking off our Water in Real Life podcast series with interviews with all of our Catalyst thought leaders. And um, Ryan is actually presenting during the content creation section in Catalyst. He will be talking about obviously using film as a method of storytelling. And he's going to be joined by Jennifer Henderson and Duke Greenhill, who are both part of J.O. Marketing Agency in Fort Worth, and Megan Schneider of Seven Strategies out in Orange County, Southern California. So you can check out their interviews. Uh, Duke Greenhill is episode four. Jennifer Henderson is coming up next in episode six, followed by Megan in episode seven. So, of course, we want to give... Um, 
a shout out to our podcast producer, who happens to be the one and only Ryan Beltran that we're speaking with right now. Um, you know, you got the family biz, Alequa, um, everything that you do with saws. I have no idea where you find the time to make time for Rogue Water and our Water in Real Life podcast, but we're certainly grateful to have you on our team. Of course. Absolutely. Well, when you're inspired, you know, you make time, so... Thanks for checking out episode five. You can find the show notes at the h2duo.com backslash water in real life. We'll have all the resources mentioned in this episode and more. You know, we're super passionate about being a resource for the industry and we can only do that with your help. So please show us some love by simply subscribing to the podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, (laughs) you can rate and review us on iTunes as well. So we can get the only duo run show about water, some shelf space on that iTunes homepage. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore H2 duo. We would love to hear from you. The Catalyst Mastermind Summit in San Antonio is sold out y'all. But before you let the FOMO run rampant, remember that every speaker will be highlighted on the water in real life podcast this month. We hope you learned something new, got a little inspired, and most importantly, took action on something today that will move you one step closer to your goal. Until next time, remember what one of our favorite quotes says, those who tell the stories rule the world. 